Hey everybody, welcome to the Crohn's Fitness Food Podcast, dedicated to raising awareness, sharing IBD stories, and offering support for those with Crohn's and colitis. Together, we can share knowledge, experiences, and help show the world the many faces of IBD. Hi everyone, thank you for joining me today for another episode of the Crohn's Fitness Food Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Gish, Crohn's warrior since 2006 and lifelong fitness fanatic. My guest today is Jessica Porter, a Crohn's warrior and bikini competitor who is proving you can do anything with a chronic illness. She's been sharing her journey with fitness and competing while battling IBD and is here today to share her story with Crohn's disease, what motivates her, and what's next now that she's got her first competition under her belt. Thank you so much for joining me today, Jessica, and welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Stephanie. It's an absolute pleasure. <laughs> My pleasure to have you. So before we jump into the incredible fitness journey and the transformation that you've been on, why don't you start by telling your Crohn's story, kind of when you were first having your first flare-ups and then your diagnosis? Um, so for me, it started um, mainly, I'd say, all the way back in 2013. Um, I had something that went on in my life that definitely triggered, um, helped triggered it. Basically, it was something that kind of put me under a lot of stress. Um, and at the time, I was kind of working in a job that I didn't really want to work in either. Um, so that's when the pain kind of started. For me, it was like normal everyday well what I'd call normal everyday stomach ache sort of when you feel a bit unwell or you've kind of got a, a like a chill in your stomach and to me it was oh it's only stomach ache it's fine um kind of left it didn't really do anything about it which was the worst thing in the world and it really started getting sort of everyday bloating pain sometimes I'd feel sick with it um sort of late 2014 I'd say about November I kind of started a new uh, role. I was a store manager for my own store as well at this time. And I was doing 14-hour days. It was stressful. So that definitely did not help. So stress is definitely like my kind of trigger. Um, I then went to the finally went to the doctors. Um, and my doctor kind of said, look, I can't see any. They kind of ran like multiple tests, were sent to the hospital for ultrasounds, CT scans. Nothing was showing up. And... My doctor kind of said, like, I think it is Crohn's disease, but I can't kind of tell you that because I haven't got anything to back it up. But I definitely think with all the symptoms that you've got, it's Crohn's. Um, so it started getting really bad sort of January 2015. So what, we're a year wow. and a few months down the line. Um, I was right off sick from work for about six months. I couldn't get out of, out of bed. It got to a stage where I was, like, curled up in a ball, sleeping or curled up in a ball in pain. I couldn't eat. I took probably about two mouthfuls of food and that was it. I was in pain for the rest of the day. So I kind of dropped weight very quickly from January 2015 up until April 2015. I kind of went right down to seven stone in the most unhealthiest way possible. Wow. Um, had you thought about going to the doctor at that point or had you just kind of been at home slowly declining this time? Um, yeah, so it was, I only thought about going to the doctor sort of after Christmas in 2014, which is then how I got wrote off work from January. Um, I should have gone sooner. 
I really, really should have because they probably would have been able to help me better. Didn't really help myself. At the time, it was more of work was more important, um, which is not the mindset to have. I, I didn't think it would be anything bad, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. So It does. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think a lot of us have, the more people I talk to, I find that it's more and more common that we are so stubborn and we, we don't yes. go to the hospital when we should. I know I delayed and delayed and I didn't go in and I've heard it from so many people that it, we just kind of, it's almost like we keep thinking it'll just get better. I'll just give it one more day. It'll get better. And, and it just keeps getting worse. A hundred percent agree with that. To be honest, Stephanie, that is exactly what happened to me. I just put it off, put it off. It got worse and worse and worse. And when you think it's, you think to yourself, it, it, it won't happen to me. This is me we're talking about. It's not going to happen to me. There's nothing bad here. Um, not the case at all. It was it was April 2015 that I finally, I was living in um, Suffolk in part of the UK uh, with a close family member. Um, and it was one day I just got out of bed basically couldn't walk um and she finally rushed me to A&E that's how they kind of diagnosed me was they sent me in for an ultrasound um they saw sort sort of a growth but they couldn't see past it because there was a lot of fluid surrounding it then they sent me for a CT scan which then showed the growth so from January when they started doing the test to all to April sorry Mm-hmm. that's how quick it grew and it grew to the size of basically my surgeon's fist which was he had big hands it was quite big <laughs> um it was a big abscess that kind of formed and attached itself to my large bowel and my appendix which oh, wow. I then had to have removed so my appendix is gone a foot of that bowel that was infected with Crohn's was gone um basically they went in with a camera and said the surgeon said oh if we have to can we open you up and um, operate if it is that bad? Mm-hmm. So, of course, I said yes. yes. With tear-filled eyes, signing all this paperwork, thinking, "Oh my god, I hope this doesn't happen to me." Um, I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop pulling my eyes out because I thought, "Why have I let it get this bad?" Well, and the paperwork is always the worst. The paperwork is just mm-hmm. the scariest. Mm-hmm. You know, here's all the horrible things that may happen, and it's like, but I, I you kind of don't have a choice because you have to, at that point, you have to have the surgery. <laughs> it's needed. Yeah, exactly. And obviously at that point, they sort of said, like, we don't know if we're going to operate, but if we have to, because it's an emergency, we would rather you sign all this now. Mm-hmm. And then we could just do it there and then. Um, if I didn't sign that, I don't, I don't, I definitely would not be here today because it was the abscess that grew was so close to, burst in which then could cause um sepsis which mm-hmm. then by the size of it he said it, it would have killed me it would have i would have wouldn't be here today so wow yes. so what a journey what a, what a journey yeah <laughs> tell me a little bit about the recovery process then and what started happening at that point did you tell me a little bit about the surgery recovery and then did you start jumping on different medications and then how are you kind of managing it now so straight after the surgery um because they kind of opened me up they kind of made an incision from the top of my belly button down to the bottom of my stomach um so that kind of having that it was so odd because obviously that day I was walking around and fine and then they did the operation and I literally had to learn to walk again Mm -hmm. it was like my legs would not work 
And it was, yeah, it was horrible because it did take around six weeks for me to be able to walk properly mm. and not have to take breaks, if that makes sense. So it I does. kind of, I had to walk around for 30 minutes and I'd have to take a break again. Then I'd have to walk around for another 30 minutes and take a break again. It, it, it was so strange. Was it part of exhaustion and pain, kind of that combination? Um, yeah, it was just being exhausted, um, being in pain from having the operation done. And I think because my body had kind of gone into shock from where they uh, did the incision, I think that's where my legs kind of went, hold on two seconds, we don't work anymore. Mm-hmm. So it was it was so strange and trying to stand up properly because to me I thought I I can tell I've had a foot of my bowel removed because I I can't stand up properly anymore um so yeah I kind of had to try and do that so that did take six weeks then stupid me went straight back to work after six weeks and I (laughs) shouldn't have done that should not have done that because Mm. I going back into the stressful environment I was in um brought back all the pain that I had before the operation was done (laughs) so it was a bit of a yeah it was a bit of an immediate um, trigger yeah definitely um I then was seeing my consultant very regularly um in that area of the UK as well so seeing him about every three months and he was adamant I didn't need to go on um, any medication oh that's interesting yes um I was still struggling and I, I kept saying look I am still struggling I'm still going to the loo too often than what I'd like to it's kind of getting in the way of my work life I was bloated and in pain like Mm -hmm. uh, most of the week basically like near enough every day and he was like no you've it's just where the operation you've had the operation you've you've gone back to work and you're trying to be normal again so he was absolutely adamant I didn't need to go on any medication so then I kind of moved back to my hometown um, went to see the consultant at the hospital there and she said straight away I want to put you on Humira because I don't think I think it'll really work and you're up you, you I can tell you you're struggling with it mm-hmm. so now that I take Humira I've been taking that for a few years now and it's gone so quick um, it's helped me so much That's awesome. it is amazing it's kind of giving it's given me the life that I wouldn't have if I wasn't taking it I that can't is- imagine being without it that's so great and it's so great that you also recognize the fact that you needed to see somebody else that you didn't just stick with the one doctor who said you don't need anything and I think it's what a great move that you were able to go back home and find this other doctor who immediately started to find something that might work Yes, and she was very, very good. She straight away said, if this doesn't work, then we can try this next. And if that doesn't work, then we'll try this. And she was already thinking of backup plans just in case it didn't work. Um, but I've not looked back ever since taking Humira. Yeah. Not looked back at all. And I dread the day when she says, you can t- come off of it and you can take something else because I, d- I genuinely do not think that anything else is going to be as good as that. Yeah, when you so. find something that's working, it's... You don't want it to go away. (laughs) No, definitely not. (laughs) So tell me a little bit about how you got from there because you are very much made fitness a big part of your lifestyle now. So you are lifting weights, you're training, you just barely 
finished your first uh, bikini fitness competition. So tell me what that journey was like. Have you always been into fitness or was this something that kind of sparked after you started feeling better and, and went from there? Um, yeah, that is exactly it. So I kind of, after everything that happened, I kind of realized I didn't look after myself as I should have, um, which then I did wait until it was a good moment. I think it was, it wasn't until, um, July, 2016 that I actually started going to the gym, mm-hmm. stepped in the gym, didn't have a clue what I was doing <laughs> like everybody else. Um, but from then it's kind of not, it used to be such a chore for me, but I thought at the start, I thought I've got to do it. I've got to learn and I've got to try my best. I want to be in the best shape that I can to make sure that that does not happen again ever while also being careful um and I thought it's it it was like a good place for me to go and kind of be myself and try and push myself as much as I could and obviously when you start off at the gym I didn't have a clue what I was doing and I kept having to ask for help and that's completely okay I always encourage anybody that's going to get into fitness Mm -hmm. and start lifting weights to if you're not sure ask for help because who did you ask um just the um they call them personal trainers at the gym that I was Mm -hmm. going to I go to a completely different gym now um but they would always have someone there um they were they were a really really good help um showing me how to do things and they'd ask me sort of what my goal was and I, I said you know I just want to tone up at the time I just wanted to tone up and and feel better and be fitter and you know have the best beach body in the world (laughs) (laughs) it's what we all want (laughs) yeah exactly so they were kind of saying you know try and lift some weights and do some cardio as well and they did really really help me um and then it just kind of went from there and I started to like really push myself and feel so much better and I could see changes in my body as well as feeling better in myself for me, energy is like a massive thing. I'm always low on energy. I'm always mm-hmm. tired because of having Crohn's. And it was one of the things where at the gym, I kind of, it took my mind off that. So I still don't have as much energy as what any normal person would and what I'd like. Mm-hmm. But I could kind of forget that I've even kind of got Crohn's for about an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that for me was a massive thing of that is why I absolutely love, then started to love training and doing what I do, basically. <laughs> and when what got the fitness bug? What kind of prompted that? So you're feeling good, you're training, you start learning everything there is about weightlifting properly and getting into nutrition. What finally prompted you to take on a fitness competition? Because that is a very intense <laughs> endeavor. <laughs> Yes, and it is hard work. Um, <laughs> so um, the coach that I'm with at the moment, she um, went through her first competing year last year. Mm-hmm. And I kind of watched her journey and I thought, God, it's absolutely amazing what she's doing. Um, I thought to myself, I'd really love to do that. And it was only kind of last year that I said to her, like, would you be my coach if I was to do this next year? So kind of do my training plan, do my meal plan for me so I don't have to think about any of that basically and just do my best and still go to work as I would normally rather than trying to think of my own training plan and food plan and thinking, am I doing it right? Am I not doing it right? Um, But it was only last year that I kind of said to her, like, 
if I train all this year and and you know have you helped me with my training and my food would you want to coach me next year and would we be able to do it and she said I think you can do it Mm -hmm. 100% she said I would be more than happy to to coach you and help you on that journey and that is basically what we did I trained all last year for it um kind of cut down a couple of times in the year because I went on holiday and, and things like that so I didn't grow as much muscle as what I would have liked to um for this year but I didn't think I would actually do it mm -hmm. <laughs> this year, believe it or not. Um, it was just, it kind of, October came around and the federation that I competed with, PCA, which is quite a well-known federation on um, social media, um, they were kind of announcing that they were opening the registration for certain shows and they announced that they were doing a first ever first-timers show in March, which is what I thought, now is a better time than any so <laughs> I registered for it um I mean I had a good year of eating well eating little and often which definitely definitely helped with digestion and pain and I wouldn't get too bloated but I still get the odd day where I am bloated it really has helped me manage sort of the condition as well as obviously my medication it's kind of helped alongside each other um so yeah <laughs> well that's awesome and you did fantastic um I watched your Thank journey you. through social media as you were going and you looked phenomenal you did fantastic and it was it was fun to watch you but I am I am curious to know how did you balance like the food and everything with managing Crohn's disease because you mentioned they kind of helped hand in hand but that can be a very intense process of uh, watching your calories, eating certain kinds of food. Did you struggle trying to keep with your nutritional plan and balance Crohn's disease? Tell me a little bit about that. Um, I did struggle a little bit. Um, it was mainly sort of as the food was dropping, I wasn't find I wasn't finding that it was the food that was kind of triggering my low energy or triggering any bloating or anything like that it was more the fact that I didn't have the energy I think my body was trying to fight against itself in a way of making me bloated whenever I did eat um there was a I, sort of as you go down the having to cut down even more to get sort of stage lean it was it was a learning curve for me and for my coach at the same time because she kind of haven't hasn't prepped anybody with a condition like mine mm -hmm. so it was a factor we had to try different kinds of foods as we went along and if something didn't agree then she'd she'd react to that and completely change my meal plan and go right try this instead um there was I feel really lucky in a way because I didn't have too many problems along the way um there was like a couple of well there was one time where she did um swap out my oats that I'd have for breakfast and try me with um egg white omelet but as soon as I had that it was a no-no oh, <laughs> definite no, no, no. <laughs> eggs do not agree with me at all so oh. I had to um so she, basically she just swapped it back for oats again because oats I was having enough but not too much to blow so they were they were kind of okay not giving me any pain but as soon as I had eggs that was it <laughs> it was an wow. absolute nightmare um and there was a, the odd day where 
I could be absolutely fine eating my normal plan and then suddenly I'd do my weight session and my energy would just drop down to complete zero. And I, there was a day where I couldn't even I couldn't even step on the stairmaster because it was that bad. Mm-hmm. I just did not have the energy. So I did have a few obstacles, but I feel lucky in the fact of I didn't have too many. Well, and to have a coach who was so quick to make adjustments in your plan or to react to things, I think is definitely an incredible thing to have in that situation. Definitely, definitely. (laughs) How did you battle the days when you had the low energy? Because you mentioned you, you typically tend to have low energy with Crohn's anyways. What what are some of the tips or some of the things you've found that kind of helps you get through the low energy days? And is there anything that you do to kind of help boost yourself back up? There is. So on the low energy days, some of the days I just said to myself, look, you've got no choice. You've got to get through weight session. You've got to get through cardio. So what I do is one, I would swap up my training routine. So towards uh stepping on stage more towards that kind of time where energy was super super low i'd go to the gym first thing in the morning without eating anything and do cardio fasted Mm -hmm. and then because i found i had kind of the energy from waking up to do it so that'd be first thing in the morning sometimes at 5 a.m 5 a.m in the morning and then i'd go to work do my normal eight hour eight and a half hour day and then i'd go back to the gym afterwards and do my weight session but I'd make sure that I'd eat something just before going to the gym. So I made sure I always um, had a banana in my meal plan. Well, my coach always mm-hmm. made sure I had a banana in my meal plan. She did say to me, you can have it as post-work, like post-workout, so like after a workout. But I used to use it as like a pre-workout, so before workout. Because high caffeine, I can't take normal pre-workout supplements. I have to be really, really careful. Um, so I'll just use that instead, which I found worked well. Um, I also, and this might sound a bit odd, but mm-hmm. I also, as soon as I got home from the gym, I'd make sure I'd eat something straight away. Um, and then I'd get in the bath and put in a bath bomb, some bath oils. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I found that really, really helped. Um, it was just a fact of, I thought to myself, I can't eat what I want, but I can still enjoy the little things in life yeah and I found that did boost me that did give me like a little boost because I'd be really relaxed I'd get in bed have a really good night's sleep after it um I couldn't do it every day it's a shame but some days just got too too involved with doing other things but the days that I could it was it was was good and it does make so much sense and it sounds so nice to be able to just have a long relaxing soothing bath which probably helped your muscles recover a little bit and then helped your brain just unwind and de-stress and then like you said you get a great night's sleep after that and that's it's probably the best way to boost your energy (laughs) yeah definitely because not enough sleep you will have no energy and I didn't have any energy as it was so I had to make sure I had I got definitely enough sleep so that really really helped that is great. So tell me a little bit about what it's been like to come back to settling into your normal everyday routine. Do you typically, you're obviously probably not eating a contest diet anymore. <laughs> so tell me <laughs> no. a little bit about do 
what troubles you end up with Crohn's? Does the Humira help so that you're able to eat everything? Or are you still kind of watching what you're doing now? Um, so I am still watching what I eat. I mean, I do have the odd day where I do have a little bit of chocolate or a little mm-hmm. biscuit or maybe five or ten. <laughs> um, but <laughs> now that I'm, I've finished my competitions for the year, I can do that. But it's like anything. I mean, I have, because of Crohn's, I have um, intolerance to dairy. So I have to be really, really careful. So I can have chocolate, but just not too much of it. I, have, I still have to be really careful. So mm-hmm. I kind of thought to myself, well, I definitely still want to compete and I want to compete next year for definite. So for me, I wasn't, I was never going to go back to the normal eating what I want every day like I did before I started training for this year um because I thought next year it's not it's not going to help me to be able to prep down again smoothly I'd rather next year go smoother um than this year so I thought well I can't gain too much fat anyway so I have kind of stuck to um a meal plan but I'm eating a lot uh, probably double than what Mm -hmm. I was when I was on prep basically Mm -hmm. um but we've kind of kept it to the same foods all we really added in because I was on very low carbs when I was on prep so try and kind of cut down that much so all we've kind of added in is more carbs I have like rice pasta but I keep everything as plain as I can um I have minced beef and all I'd literally do I do not have any jarred sauces I make my own sauce out of passata and a few herbs and a few other things that I put into it because I know that I'm okay with that whereas I couldn't have tomatoes before I even started training for this so it's I make sure that I have little and often of the things I couldn't have before and I seem to be okay with it Mm -hmm. um but yes not having too much of the things I'm trying not to overdo it Mm -hmm. so at least I'm in a good balance I hope (laughs) it's a great way to do it and just a good spot to be in especially since you found that it was having this synergistic relationship with your Crohn's and the dieting and the working out was helping so it kind of goes hand in hand definitely definitely and Ian I will always say eating little and often has really 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 worked for me because eating big meals after well trying to eat big big meals after having my operation it just having three big meals a day just was not working for me at all it it bloat me too much it put me in pain I just felt awful Mm -hmm. so I do it has worked for me it's not going to work for everybody but yeah it definitely worked for me and it might help others I mean it's that's what I love about us being able to share our stories is what works for you may not work for others but it actually might help and work for others so I think it's so great that we have the opportunity to learn from each other and kind of just hear the journeys of other people who are going through the same thing yes definitely and someone can try sort of eating like that or doing things like that and I've had so many um people follow me with Crohn's or an ulcerative ulcerative colitis sorry on um social media and asking the odd question and saying oh I don't know how you do it and when you've got a goal in mind you just do it Mm -hmm. and you just kind of get on with it um and as I say, we're all different. Not everything's going to work for the same person, but it's nice to have the option to listen to other people and 
try that thing to see if it does work for you and if it doesn't that's completely okay at least you've tried yes I, I agree so what do you think the biggest benefit or biggest lesson that you learned from going through this whole competition experience and coming out of it on the other side the biggest thing I learned is to not let IBD control your life there are there are times and there especially was for me when I was in and out of hospital all the time and I felt and I couldn't get out of bed and I felt absolutely awful and I thought this this is it going to be it for me now isn't it that's genuinely what I thought and I thought surely surely there is more to this and I did massively learn that I did put myself through a lot of strain and a lot of hard work but I've kind of learned that you can do it when you have something in mind and you have that end goal mm-hmm. you you will just be able just to work around the condition that you've got and work with it mm-hmm. so yeah I also learned massively that I, I can actually go 19 weeks without eating chocolate so that was another, <laughs> another massive thing for me because I've never ever ever cut out any bad food ever mm-hmm. so how was yeah. it uh, cutting out chocolate that long how how did you mentally get oh. through it <laughs> oh it was hard work I used to sit on Instagram for about half an hour to an hour some days just looking at food pages going I'm gonna have that when I'm done I'm gonna have that when I'm done and that and that obviously I didn't I've not (laughs) but I used to literally just scroll for Instagram it was so funny and all the pages that I followed were all food Mm -hmm. so post show I've gone right now I've got to unfollow all these food pages because this just is not good yeah (laughs) making it harder yeah exactly (laughs) so what was the first meal you had right after your competition it was a Chinese takeaway no actually forget that it wasn't the very very first thing I had when I stepped off stage was a very nice donut (laughs) (laughs) it was a donut and then after that I had the Chinese takeaway so yeah I had donuts in mine like donuts are my thing and there is this place not far from my um, hometown, about 20 minutes, that's in a city centre, um, and they hand make their donuts. So it's basically wow. owned by this couple who have only got three shops in the whole of the UK open, selling these donuts that are handmade. They are absolutely massive. Wow. Massive. And they just fill them and, oh, Yeah. So Did I've you have a to twelve of them? Was it a chocolate <laughs> donut? <laughs> it was yeah. It was chocolate with um, caramel center and wow, drizzled with more chocolate. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. It was so good. <laughs> it was so good. Well, now I want one. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely need to try these donuts if you ever come over to the UK because. I will, I will give you their Instagram page. They are yes. so good. <laughs> yes, share it with me and I'll put it in the show notes so that if anyone who's listening is over there, they can go have the donuts if they haven't yet. <laughs> oh, yes. Even making the drive, even if it's really far away, it is so worth, worth it. it. They are so good. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. So that's your favorite food, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Well, my favorite treat, I should should say. But yeah, yeah, they are good. <laughs> Fantastic. So tell me a little bit about flares. You've been battling 
Crohn's disease for it sounds like six years now, and mm -hmm. you've had some really bad times, but you've also done some pretty amazing accomplishments. So what are some of the other tips? You talked a little bit about energy. What are some of the other tips you have for getting through flares, either full flares or maybe just those times when your symptoms are starting to act up a bit? So one way I did cope, um, or I do, I still do now, if I, at the minute I'm only having like sort of mini flares, so I'm quite lucky in not having a big flare like I did before, mm -hmm. um, but I used to try and take my mind off of it, so even though I was in a lot of pain, it, it was worse me sitting there not doing anything, thinking about it, so I used to kind of just pop a Disney movie on, I like Disney, or just pop anything on, um movie wise love watching movies so that really helped with taking my mind off of it um another thing is i'm a i'm a massive gamer as well so uh -huh. i used to sit <laughs> sit on my um uh, nintendo 3ds and play anything that would help take my mind off of it so pokemon's one of the massive things i love pokemon <laughs> it's a bit sad but <laughs> play that all the time play call of duty on the ps4 yeah just doing little things like that because obviously not being able to have the energy to do anything more than step out of the house, kind of having that little getaway for my brain um, really helped with sort of coping with having a flare. And I used to sit there with my controller in hand, hot water bottle on my stomach 24-7. Um, also having um, time with... Um, pets as well sounds like a really normal thing a lot of people have dog cat you'll, you'll actually find that when you're not very well they know and they will they'll just come and sit with you yeah. <laughs> which is really really cute and just having a cuddle and even if you have a cuddle with whichever pet you have and have a little sleep that used to help me as well sort of with with the family member that I lived with when I was flaring and they had a dog as well as a, a giant house rabbit and the giant house rabbit used to jump up on the settee, <laughs> come and sit next to me, and lick the right really? side where I had my where I had my um, large bell removed on that side. Wow! She used to lick my side as if she knew that something was wrong on that side. And I, I kept saying to it was my godmother I was living with. I kept saying to her like, I think Rosie, the house rabbit, I think she knows that something's wrong, and I think it is on my right side. And, it did end up being on that side so wow. just having her like stroke and yeah she was a, she was amazingly crazy <laughs> she, it's like <laughs> she absolutely knew that it was there and I did I did say that when I went when I went to Annie and I said look you know we've got a, a pet that keeps going on my right side and when they did feel around that area it was a lot more painful so yeah it was it was mad but yeah so pets definitely help just anything because I understand a lot of people can't get off and they can't leave the house and just the little things like that really 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 helped me mm -hmm. those are great tips and I I agree completely with the pets they just they want to <laughs> cuddle they are so sweet and they really are intuitive they know they know when something's mm -hmm. wrong yeah, they are amazing, amazing creatures. And now that I've moved back home, we have three little dogs. Oh. <laughs> so always having cuddles from the little dogs is just so cute. And when I am really low in energy, they all come and sit around me. It's, they're amazing, amazing, amazing creatures. Um, animals just love them all. Oh, I wish I could okay. just take them all. 
pet them. I, and, yeah. <laughs> I do too. Provide a home for them. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a little bit about stress management because that is, you said it's a major trigger for you. It's definitely a major trigger for me, but I think it is for a lot of people with IBD. And so tell me a little bit about what you've learned over the years with stress and how you control it now and a kind of how you've been able to reduce it in your life. So at the time when it was um, work 14 hours a day, it was very stressful. I used to, sounds a bit odd, but when I did get a bit stressed out in that moment, I kind of used to sit at my desk, take five seconds, count to three deep breaths and think, is this really worth all this stress? Um, no, I did. I, I I used to do that every single day. <laughs> Believe it or not, at the time, it's a stressful um, job. Yeah, very stressful job um, that I was in. So, doing that kind of helped me calm down a lot more than what I thought it would. And it it does sound a bit crazy, and some people will go, "You're only doing like a little bit of breathing," but it it definitely helped me kind of breathe all the stress out. Um, yeah, it it was a nightmare at the time. Um, there was a point where when I did move back um, home, I did stay in that line of work and it got so much more stressful um, that I just, I then turned around and said, I need to actually find another industry that I can work in where I do not have all of this responsibility and stress on my shoulders mm -hmm. which is exactly what I did so you do have to sometimes it might seem like the end of the world but it really really isn't for me I was super super scared to go into a, a different industry that I didn't have any clue about so I worked in retail and then to go into the gas industry it's like two completely different things but go, working in the gas industry it is an office-based job where I literally just sit at my computer for eight, eight and a half hours of the day and do everything all online. So it, it, that was a massive help for me. And what kind of gave you the courage to make that, to go ahead and make that change? Because like you said, it is a scary thing to go into something completely new and different and just make that change. Did you have family members that were supporting you or did you just kind of wrangle up the the courage to be able to just make that jump I did have it was it was my family and, and my friends close to me that actually I went home to and I ran into about and the, they all said this is not worth all of the stress we do not want you to get as bad as what it was before and that was that that was it for me basically that that is what gave me the courage to turn around and go I literally need to take a step back now I need to go into another industry and start from the bottom and possibly work my way up working my way up in the gas industry for who I work for it is a slow slower process than what it was in retail so I've I've already gone up a, a step as we call it um, after being there a year and a half, um, I've now been in this role for a year. No, over a year now, actually. Um, so I've gone up a step, but I've not got all of the responsibility, if that makes sense. Yes. I'm 
sort of a step up, but I'm nowhere near managing a team again. I'd love to manage a team again. And I feel like in this industry, in my line of work, that would it's not going to be anywhere near as stressful as what it was in retail. Nowhere near. Um, so I'm just taking it, taking it slow, trying to do well. Um, but yeah, family and friends supporting me was the mass, the, like the biggest thing. And because I had to take a step back and not had to kind of take a pay cut with that. Again, that's another stress that I was just like, I know I need to do this, but this is very stressful and kind of having to cut back what I was sort of spending to kind of go in line with the pay cut. And my parents were so good. So if I did kind of find myself a little bit short, they would help me out. It wasn't to the extent where I'd have to owe them like thousands of pounds. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was only like, couple of hundred but it, it it they really did help me and just friends encouraging me and just saying like you know you've you've gone through all this and you just you just need to take that time you need to take that time for, for you and get your life back basically so that's exactly what what I did really and how quickly did you notice a change did you feel kind of an immediate stress relief um did you notice your symptoms improving a little bit as the stress went away yes it it actually physically was instant so as soon as I cave in my notice at my old work and they go and they they basically said to me like you're so good what is the reason I said it is because the with the condition that I've got I'm manual handling I'm lifting heavy in a workplace moving stuff around yes I lift heavy at the gym now but it's different Mm -hmm. lugging a bunch of heavy boxes around at your workplace every single day for the 12 hours that you could be there for it it was too it was too much and as soon as I handed him a notice and they said why and I said I have to take a step back I went out of work that day and I thought thank god for that (laughs) and just literally like days later because I gave in I gave the week's notice that they wanted so that's literally what I did and as the day as the last week went on I I just felt it lift from me basically as soon as I got went into my new role um I know I knew that's kind of where I should be at this point in time so it was massive I loved I loved going into my new role it was such a nice challenge (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's awesome it is so good. So tell me a little bit. You've been sharing your Crohn's story. You share it online on your Instagram. And you recently did an interview, I think a TV interview, another radio show over there. So tell me first, what compelled you to start talking about Crohn's disease and IBD and compelled you to start sharing your own story? So I realized that when I was diagnosed a few years ago, hardly anybody knew what it was. So it was a case of when I went back to work, I literally had to explain to my line manager exactly what happened to me, what it was, and I had to provide him links and everything for information about it. He had no idea. And that's kind of what prompted me to, when I did getting more into fitness and going to the gym and stuff it, that's what prompted me to then share my story on social media because I feel like not enough people know about it mm-hmm. and sort of if 
if you are in a situation where you have to use a loo urgently, there's not enough people that know about it to go, yeah, that's absolutely fine. You can use our staff loo or, or anything like that. I feel like more and more people need to be educated and they need to understand that not every disability is visible. Mm -hmm. It's one of them things where if we need to go, we need to go. Yes. And I found myself in a couple of situations where I was um, driving to and from friends, traveling hour, hour and a half, two hours, and I'd have to use the loo urgently and there was nowhere about. I'd have to go in a petrol station and they wouldn't let me go. I found myself in that situation. So definitely definitely prompted me to share share it all on social media just to kind of get the word out and educate people and help other people and another thing now is for me to inspire other people that do suffer with Crohn's or colitis or any condition where you feel it's holding you back Mm -hmm. I feel like having someone to aspire to and that's what I hope I do helps people to try new things like go to the gym or eat a bit healthier or, or or anything like that basically and just to think that there is light at the end of the tunnel it it will get better mm-hmm. so that definitely is, that is mm-hmm. awesome and what's the experience been like now that you've been sharing your story for some a couple of years and you're becoming more out there I think you just did the Ben Jackson the breakfast show so What's it what's the experience been like for you in sharing and inspiring others? Because you do inspire others. Surreal. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> surreal for me. It's like I never ever ever thought that a story like mine would would get out there, if that makes sense. I just thought if I can do one good deed of the day and help someone else and give someone else advice and then that's all I wanted really but to have people come to me and say we want to talk to you we want to find out more about your story we want to we want to kind of show the world what you're doing I was just like really (laughs) really me I'm only I'm only a little person why why me and I, I feel lucky so so lucky in that aspect because there are other people that are suffering worse than me and have gone through so much more than me it's just yeah absolutely surreal it's it's been absolutely crazy experience (laughs) that's it's awesome but I think it's just I think it's incredible that you're doing it and inspiring others to do it and just I love that you're talking about it and being willing to share to share your experience so, Thank you. <laughs> so tell me, I've mentioned it, but where can people find you online? Are you just on Instagram or do you have a couple other places people can find you? Um, I'm mainly on Instagram. I do have a Facebook page, although my Facebook page is mainly for um, family and friends in this area. But I have had a couple of people sort of want to get in touch on Facebook, which has been really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I am on Twitter as well. Um, I try and go on all social media platforms, but Instagram's my main main one really and you're at jessica rose px correct i am yes is that also your twitter 
I'll have to double check for you right now because <laughs> I'm pretty sure I did change it to that, but I think it might be two X's at the end. So just bear with me. <laughs> okay, I'll make sure to put the, I'll make sure to put the correct one in uh, the show notes. So I'll link it in there as well. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, it is Jessica Rose P with two X's for Twitter because Twitter. I couldn't get the one X in there. Someone else had t- taken that one. I, thought. <laughs> I don't know the rudeness of it. I tell you. So rude. <laughs> So we covered a lot today from your journey and your competitions, diet, stress, energy. Is there anything that I did not ask that you wanted to share today? No, I think you covered mainly everything. Um, It's been an absolute pleasure, Stephanie. Thank you so, so much for having me. I I can't express to you how appreciate how much I appreciate you it's absolutely it's my pleasure and I just thank you again for coming on being so open with your story and being willing to share it and you definitely inspire me and I know you're inspiring others so thank you so much thank you thank you so so much thank you for listening to the Crohn's Fitness Food Podcast I hope you enjoyed this episode If you have an IBD story, either as a patient or a family member that you'd like to share as a guest on this podcast, or if you have a topic you'd like to hear about, send me an email at Crohn'sFitnessFood at gmail.com. If you'd like to learn more about me and my Crohn's journey, follow me on Instagram using at Crohn'sFitnessFood, or visit my blog for in-depth articles about my struggles and victories with Crohn's through diet, fitness, and lifestyle at www.cronesfitnessfood.com. And finally, remember, be strong, be grateful, and be the warrior that you are.